Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. How's it going? It's going amazing. Really? Yeah. I'm excited to record this. We haven't we haven't talked about this episode all the way through yet. Oh, yeah. Well, it's an episode with Maddie O'Reilly. Yep. What do you mean we haven't talked about it all the way through? <laughs> I was just kidding. We had to re-record <laughs> this, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. This is an episode with Maddie O'Reilly, who is a cool guy that we know. Yeah. He's not like... Your stereotypical cool guy, though. No. Well, what do you think of when you think of stereotypical cool guy? Uh, Tom Cruise from Top Gun. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's he's just but like he, whenever you're like the cool guy guns and he stuff. He doesn't do cool guy guns. In my head, it's Tom Cruise from Top Gun. No, I'm pretty sure he does. Mm. I, I, I think. I don't know. We might need to review the footage. Okay. Okay. We could watch Top Gun. Okay. Okay. Um, that's cool. Uh, Matty O'Reilly owns some businesses, and he's really good at starting restaurants. Mm-hmm. And we brought him in specifically to talk about negotiation skills, because I've seen him use mad ones. Yep. And, but, then... but then we ended up talking about everything, mm-hmm. uh, about business startership. Business person, business owner, personship. Yes. And so we kind of run the gamut of negotiating with vendors, real Mm -hmm. estate deals. A lot of it is really specific to the restaurant industry in this conversation, but I think a lot of it is also applicable to other starting of businesses. Yeah. Yeah. He, you could start a business right after this episode, basically. Uh, You probably won't want to. Well, I think... The main takeaway is that you, instead of like just running into it because you have money, you should be smart about it. Mm-hmm. And he he throws down the smarts here. He does. He's got them. <laughs> cool. All right. Let's go to the episode. Let's cut to that episode. Three, two, one, go. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Ellie. How's it going? Things are good. Good. Can you see me over my little mic boom? I gotcha. Yeah, cool. (laughs) I just broke the fourth wall. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I said mic boom. get yelled at. Is that what it's called? Is that what this is called? Yeah, it's a boom arm. Okay, (laughs) let me set this up. (laughs) We're here. What did you say? It's a boom arm. Oh, okay. But anyway, it's fine. Uh, We are here today with Maddie O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. We are indeed. Maddie, is, uh, I'm just going to talk about you for a sec, and then we'll talk to you. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Maddie is a local entrepreneur in the restaurant business who has started up several local favorites. Uh, to the public and in the industry, I think uh, I think you're well known as a very ethical business owner uh, and one who treats your employees really well and consistently seeks to create a comfortable, affordable great dining experiences with good food uh, for people here in the Twin Cities. So thank you for that. It's my pleasure. Uh, I've worked with you for many years, uh, so many years, and a lot of different roles. I think we've worked together in a lot of different roles. And I've actually come to know you as a really talented negotiator. I've always been in awe of your negotiation skills uh, and as as an astute business leader. So, um, before I knew you and got to know, uh, 
your approach to some of the negotiations and, and business leadership. Uh, I used to think of negotiating as salesy and smarmy and not really anything I wanted to learn about. Uh, but then when I, I saw you doing it, I, I started to learn a lot from you as a, as a business leader. So I want to have a conversation about that and share that with our listeners. Sounds great. Cool. Thank you very much. Did you know that? Did you know all did that? I, did I know that? That you taught that me stuff? I guess maybe <laughs> a, just a handful of things along the way. Yeah. Just from the years yeah, that we spent together. But I, yeah, but it's, it's flattering, yeah. I guess, to hear, hear you talk about it like that. Uh, so primarily focused on negotiation skills, though, I think we'll wander off of that a little bit, but, um, so we have, we're, uh, fans of this woman named Ellen Langer and she talks about negotiation and compromise in a really interesting way. And I wanted to lay this out there cause I wanted to hear your reaction to it. Uh, I'm going to just read this quote, um, we have this mindless notion to settle disputes with a choice uh, between this way or that way or a compromise, but win-win solutions can almost always be sought. Instead of letting people lock into their positions, go back and open it up. Have opponents play the debate from the other side so that they realize there are good arguments either way and then find a way for them to both be right. So she actually doesn't believe in compromise. I think she called it bullshit. Yeah in a different part of the quote. Um, thoughts about that? Like, where do you, what do you think about it? It's a great perspective. It's, you know, I guess from just personally, um, back to one of your original comments about just acknowledging me and my place and how I prefer to do things was I, I worked for a lot of other people in the business and, and, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of those, uh, people and places I sort of learned like what I wouldn't do or what mm -hmm. not to do mm -hmm. was equally as valuable as what I should do mm -hmm. and it gave me some really good perspective on um when it came down to call it negotiating or or um, seeking out new things for the restaurants and and uh it's a it's a great perspective I I would very much consider myself a win-win negotiator, mm -hmm. I guess it's, I look for companies and, uh, ideas that are equally as good for the person selling me something as I, as it is for us to be selling that product. So that's mm -hmm. usually when I'm, whether it's a band that we're looking to have play at a place or a new brewery, um, that we're looking to put on the list. If it's, if it's not good for them, then it's really not good for us too. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, sure you know, cultivating a lot of respect with the people that we deal with because we want it to be, we're thoughtful about those decisions and we want it to be equally as good for the people that we're buying from. So I think it's, um, it's fair. Another thoughtful way of approaching it would be to have realistic expectations mm -hmm. and realistic outcomes, whether it's what you were expecting or not, at least to know that it might not be perfect and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I've seen you, um, do some pretty tough negotiations in, more around real estate or the purchasing of a business. And so I'm wondering, I get how uh, finding a win-win solution is, is, you know, pretty straightforward and easy if you're thinking about, you know, the things you mentioned, a band or a beer or food. 
but what if it's whether or not we want to buy this business? That's where I've seen you. I've been really impressed and seen you kind of, I don't know, kind of get tough with people and go, look, if, if you don't, if you don't meet these terms, I'm, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. I guess a, a lot of that comes down to just, you know, I've got a base of knowledge of the economics of mm-hmm. restaurants too that really are more important than than conceptual ideas i think are equally as important a lot of people put so much energy into the concept that the economics not necessarily slip through the cracks but it doesn't seem like they put as much energy and focus into the uh, fine-tuning of the economics so yeah. usually if someone has a the good news and bad news about restaurants for sale in general is if it's for sale it's usually not working right so it's wrong with it that's typically what's out there like the inventory of restaurants that are for sale um not very many of them are super profitable Mm -hmm. sure yeah so within that there's i guess there are layers of ways i look at it too like um we we've typically been approached to take over places or have been offered places before when we weren't really looking yeah. to and sort of put us, I would call it at an advantage. Like we weren't, we were sure. never desperate. It was never timing. Like we need, we need to open a place in six months or I won't be able to pay my bills or, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. never been out of desperation. It's always just been out of, um, I guess just good, right place at the right time or good right. timing. People seek you out to, change their business or reinvent their business so yeah most of the time that's Mm -hmm. the way it's gone down Mm -hmm. it's or at least the landlord and or a broker representing the seller would recognize us as people that could you know breathe some new life into a space or Mm -hmm. take the risk of reinventing something that's been something for a long time that needed to change so it's we're not afraid of of that and have a pretty good track record of that and also by not really um, getting in over our head with a lot of debt or a lot of extra money, we've been pretty bare bones about the things we've taken over to and pretty thoughtful mm-hmm. about that approach. It's uh, some, you know, high profile restaurants that have opened within months of the places I've opened. And mm-hmm. and it, it's, you almost consider them like if two restaurants open within a month of each other, it's like, it's usually an apples to apples, you know, from the public outside looking mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's in finding out how much they spent if they turned a place that wasn't into a restaurant into a restaurant that's very costly, super expensive, and, and mm-hmm. just not my preference to approach that too. So I think once again, we have an advantage of just entering in on a humble, you know, level to, uh, to basically succeed based on the economics of the deal. Mm-hmm. So it's it, so when it comes down to negotiating these things, I think people who are selling restaurants that aren't working have they want their money back still, typically. Like right. they, they put X in right. and it's not working and they want X out. And it's just it's usually it's not, not the reality. It's yeah. just like a neutral equity situation to be in unfortunately yeah and it's a a lot of it is what gets pitched to us is the the selling of the potential sure or what what's the value of that like how can you 
arbitrarily assign a value to the potential the, the neighborhood is turning the corner like does that does that mean this physical place is worth more and usually we just rule that out like mm -hmm. if it, it's losing money it's losing money it's worth technically it's worth zero dollars mm -hmm. you know basically so right. usually that's my when i in my own head i usually don't say that first right but i i listen to what the the positives and negatives are of a space and at least assess in my own mind what where does that number hit the point where we still know we can su succeed economically whether things are better than we thought or if things aren't as aren't didn't meet our expectations too so i think a lot of it is just realistic realistic economics of just the uh the value of what we're buying which mm -hmm. sometimes is in restaurants it's really hard like if you go to a house if you're going to buy a house in a certain neighborhood and it's a certain number of square feet and a certain number of bedrooms there there are comparables that would give you a more accurate window of what that house should cost but the right. restaurant business some of the things that are for sale they're teeny tiny restaurants that barely make money but they're on the market for a ridiculous amount of money and then you've got these huge restaurants out there that don't make any money that are for sale for less and there's no there's no reason there's no one equalizing those numbers it's sort of random mm -hmm. it's a little bit random so we you know like i said we what i try to do is at least formulate in my own head by looking at places for sale i'll look at anything that's for sale mm-hmm Jane, my wife, makes fun of me for that, too. If it's a, literally like any single car <laughs> or a truck or like flatbed trailer or farm implement, like anything with a for sale sign you on it, it actually goes through my head for a few minutes what I would do with that thing. You don't how much does it get? I know, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it does, the potential the of potential, the farm is but there. If we're driving by and it's got a for sale sign on it, I go through the process of what I would do with that thing that's for sale. It doesn't matter what it is. That's I just the way that. it, it I'm, works. I'm I glad. guess, did you circle catalogs when you were a kid? Like circle stuff in them? I didn't circle the uh, circle them, but I, okay. I did um, spend a lot, a lot of time flipping through and just sort of analyzing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to do that too. Because I, I have a very similar response. It's not absolutely everything, but it's a, a good number of the, the things I... I go past that are for sale. Yeah. He looks at every catalog that comes into this house, whether even if that's, it's like Christmas bullshit, <laughs> he'll look at it. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not going to get well, any of that. And I do that for mainly for inspiration, just for, just for ideas. Like any catalog mm -hmm. I flip mm -hmm. through too, is just like, there might be, even if it's something they're not selling, mm -hmm. it might be like the look of a room sure. that right. sticks with me or there's something in there that sparks some sort of creative you know, process in my head. So back to the restaurants for sale, I'll look at everything and I'll keep a, a database of just like what was for sale, when it was for sale, mm -hmm. how much, how much was it? And then go back. If we ever approach something and get serious about something, I'll go back and look at the, the 10 before and just say, is this really the one? An actual database or just in your head database? No, it's a, it's a, I keep it. I keep a, a record of it. Okay. Like it's pretty, it's not, is it like a spreadsheet? Just a, yeah. Not, okay. So a database was an exaggeration. A spreadsheet of a, can be spread, a database, I yeah. think. But it basically just, it says location, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, asking price, 
which always do you go back and like if something does get sold do you go back and and like record what it did get sold for or you never I, we never find any... out okay mm-hmm. so there's um i'm sure we could dig around and look but i, I usually mm-hmm. am, you don't have uh, time for that crap i don't no. i'm looking for you know i'm looking forward or looking at something that we have you mm-hmm. know so it's yeah i don't i don't have time for that crap is <laughs> is, <laughs> is a good way of looking at it it's like what what we have going on it's it's we're busy I'm glad you brought up buying houses because one of my questions is, and I see people go through this struggle when they're buying houses because I'm more exposed to people buying houses than people buying restaurants. Really, you're the only person I know out there buying restaurants. <laughs> How do you stay detached enough from the things you want to get the things you want, right? Like, I don't, like you, whenever you're talking about a new place, there's a spark of excitement or you wouldn't be talking about it. But you also seem like, yeah, it could go either way. Like, no big. <laughs> yeah, once, uh, I think. Is that real or is that a mask? That it's a, it depend. I, I don't look back and think that I really missed out. There isn't like the one that got away. Okay. I've watched a lot of places. There have only been a couple that have, that I think about. And they're both in lower town st paul mm-hmm. that are that are now like super busy restaurants right like it's it it does happen where someone eventually takes over the space it turns it into something cool and but i think that too is also like i think lower town's success just took everyone by surprise like in general like that whole area went from being like super low rent and and you don't want to go there to being like insanely popular yeah a little and a lot of it too was we were shown a, a num a, probably no less than 10 different mm-hmm. locations just in lower town in the past five years and we've said no to them all mm-hmm. mostly because and and, and it was I'm, i might i guess kick myself for saying this out loud <laughs> they were all they were all super free like they were all like way too good of a deal mm-hmm. like someone was just like we want to give you this. We love you guys. We want to give you this space. Pay for it all, and give you a year of free rent, like stuff wow. like that. Was just like I'm like, well, and that got me thinking. Too good to be true. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like that's the case now. It just seemed, at the time, a little too desperate, oh, okay. a little too forced. Like I think St. Paul in general wanted, wanted it to happen down there. They were gonna make mm. it happen no matter how they made it happen. So. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, it's, and it's good. It's, it's positive. It's, it, they've made something, you know, work down there. A lot of things working. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time in each of these individual deals, it felt like it was just a little too easy mm-hmm. and it just didn't feel like there'd be a, an, enough of a fight for it. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. when you spend, we've also never, we've never, I've, sh- we've shown banks, bankers, all of our deals before we opened and no mm-hmm. bank has ever funded a restaurant of our, that's a totally different <laughs> topic. It's a tough industry to get a loan for. So we we're self-funded and some, there's some magic about that. Like when it's your own mm-hmm. money, yeah. we've never used investors. Um, when it's your own money, you, it has to work. It has to like, work. it's like, you don't have anything to fall back on. So right. you, it has to be, busy enough to sustain itself it has to be there's no extra 
money there's no there's no one's money being spent that isn't mm -hmm. yours so it's i think it's kept us really down to earth and really focused on even if it isn't like the busiest restaurant in the city it's within the four walls is all that really matters like it's sure where you look at other places that are much much profitable. busier but yeah for us the deals we have and the sales we're doing like it's it's working and that's that's all that really matters right we watch other restaurants totally killing it right now like double triple you know our sales but mm -hmm. they probably have 20 to 50 times the debt so it's like i think sure. i'd still take where where i'm at yeah uh, over any other situation because i don't owe anyone anything mm -hmm. for the most part and we you know just entered into this with a a lot of positivity and a lot of good ideas and and um yeah so it's sometimes pretty it's humbling but it's it's good i think we're in a good spot to you know either continue to grow or just maybe just take a couple of years off and watch mm -hmm. watch it unfold and just you mm -hmm. know catch up a little bit but well, the uh, it seems like you're really good when you when you open places you're really good at opening with the uh, we talk about the minimum viable product and technology, but you do that in, in restaurants. Like we clean the floors and we, you know, we took down the beer signs and we put some good beer in and then we opened period. Yeah. Uh, and then from that you evolve based on what people are doing. And I think, uh, that seems like it has been a really good formula for you guys to, to just, you know, you don't go in and completely renovate everything until you really know what your customer base is. Yeah, we have a we have a base uh, concept that we're mm -hmm. we're looking and that is usually uh, very dependent on the neighborhood mm -hmm. and what's missing, mm -hmm. you know, from those places. It's just, we, we go in with the approach of just like, all right, what? This, this place is available. We kind of go in backwards. Like mm -hmm. it was a Republic, for instance, wasn't something I had been sitting on for years. It wasn't like a dream of mine since high school to right. open a craft beer bar. But when Sergeant Preston's became for sale, when that place popped up, um, we took a hard look at the neighborhood, just like what, what would work here? And a mm -hmm. lot of the things that we came up with were kind of food first, you know, obviously, other a lot of places to drink around there, but not as many places to eat, mm -hmm. and nothing of that size and scale. That, so we, we built the concept behind just the wienery. Come on, the, the place is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love our neighbors. It's it's great. But we entered into that without um, try, without trying to step on toes. Like it's mm -hmm. it, we try to uh, fill the gap or the niche in, mm -hmm. in each neighborhood too. So mm -hmm. we sure create the concepts behind the spaces so we've done that i've done that you know there we have two dozen other like cool restaurant concepts and ideas just waiting for a just space. sitting in a folder mm -hmm. because that's how we we just approach it like oh well this neighborhood they don't have a pizza place or they, this neighborhood doesn't have any this doesn't have a cafe or you know so mm -hmm. we'll look at a space i'll i'll sit around for a an hour or two or a week or two and just literally come up with a name logo menus and um sometimes as much as like decor you know paint mm -hmm. you know colors and things like that and then mm -hmm. and if the space fills um 
we were sitting there with this concept sort of ready to drop in somewhere else. Some, you know, someday if the right space pops up. So we, we, uh, none of these were like lifelong dreams, sure. which a lot of people are like, I've always wanted to open an Italian restaurant. You know, my whole life I've been thinking about doing this. And that's, <laughs> I think that's amazing too. It's just not how I, I approach it. So, right. sure. That's smart. So do you, uh, you know, I, there's a, you can come up with a list of steps to take to do, to negotiate a deal or to walk into a negotiation, but do you have an, an actual strategy other than, I mean, you mentioned that you listen to what people are talking about and what they're trying to get out of it, but you know, what, what strategy and how do you prepare for going into a negotiation so that you can understand how far you can push the deal and whether or not you need to walk away from it? Yeah, that's, I think it's, you know, case by case, we've, once again, coming from most of the time that we've been offered deals, Mm -hmm. it was, we knew it was pretty clear cut, like there wasn't a lot of, like true negotiating, there wasn't a lot of back and forth with either the price, a couple of them were technically, they were just free, you know, if you sign the lease, it's yours, sort of, like we just negotiated in how much the landlord would contribute to the new build out or, or it's usually been close to zero, if not zero, but it's, you know, we, we've got a little leg room in there. Um, yeah, but I, I guess there, as far as the process goes, it's just, I, I go in, do my homework. Um, I, I know if what, if we're confident in what we're going to be doing after the deal is done, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's usually where we start to come up with numbers of what's, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, other than just being honest with people about the true value, uh, which is there is, I mean, every business, if it's, you know, restaurants, it's, if it's three times profits or if it's, you know, the assets don't amount to much, but if it's, if it's making money, it's for sale, it should be worth X and I could get that back someday. The return on the investment, I'd get it back. That's mm-hmm. all we're really looking to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you help your business partners through that though? If they, like, have you had a situation where they like really, really wanted it and you were like, I don't know, I feel like we should be, you know, if, if they're not going to give us the deal we want, we should walk. Have you had to negotiate with your business partner and with the sellers? Yep. Well, I've also, I've been in three different business partnerships too. Right. And I'm usually the I'm the daydreamer of the, I mean, I, I do know, I, I like, I know when something's going to be amazing and that's usually, I'm usually talking one of my more conservative business partners into doing something that they don't, <laughs> that they don't <laughs> like, do. no, 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 trust me, trust me, Red, no, this one's going to be, be awesome. Yeah. Oh, Republic, no, craft beer, it's going to be great. <laughs> Are you sure? This place is huge. You know, like we've gone through the, the back and forth. It's actually really good um, to have good business partners and all of the stuff we've done to a great mix of people and good experience and a lot of contributions to the partnerships, everyone I've been in business with. So it's, it's always good to have a different perspective of, mm-hmm. you know, someone to bring me back down to earth on some of these <laughs> things. I didn't have you pegged for the daydreamer. Uh, I'm, that's, that's, that's the tough part for me. I'm a little of both mm-hmm. and it's, I, I even have, those conversations like with myself of just like, Oh, you got to get real on this one. It's not, you know, it won't be as busy as you think or. Right. So I, I have, that's, I, I know the operation side Mm -hmm. of restaurants as, as well. 
as I can create new ones, um, but I don't like it. I don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, which is a, that's a perfect uh, example. Our my partner at Republic, Rick Gunzel, is just an operations guy. That's all he wants to do. That's he's just payroll, bookkeeping. Republic. Republic. Yeah. <laughs> but the the balance of the partnership there has a lot of strength because we're so very different mm-hmm. and we're very, I, w- I wouldn't call it reliant in a desperate sort of way, but we rely on the other person to do the things that the other person actually doesn't want, want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could we could go weeks without meeting because we have a lot of faith and trust in each other that the other person is doing their side of the job. That's awesome. So it's, it is, it's great. Which is why I think we, you know, we have more than one place. It's why we've been able to grow. It's, um, it's just the balance of skills mm-hmm. is, is, uh, exists and it's, uh, it makes it a lot easier for us to operate without stepping on toes. Mm-hmm. How do you, what else? I think having good negotiation skills, there's a lot of applications for that in other parts of your work. So where have you, where else have you applied those skills? Let's see. Well, I mean, most of my job, like right now, the negotiating comes with, it has to do with beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, there's so many breweries and so many, new breweries and so many options Mm -hmm. and we say no a lot i'm on the reverse side of just the the logic behind why i wouldn't sell someone's beer i spend Mm -hmm. more energy talking to people about why we don't have their beer on at republic than more than i do negotiating for new brands it's kind of a funny That's a good spot to be in. It's actually. a good spot. That's um, how I felt about booking music at your venues. Is I, oh, yeah. I said no a lot. Yeah. It's just maybe it's not a good fit right now. But to be, yeah. to approach it honestly to people, uh, and but with diplomacy mm-hmm. is kind of this stance I take. It's not, it's not, it's literally nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are just a lot of options right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ones that we have picked until proven otherwise are excellent choices that are working really well for us right now so Mm -hmm. to have someone come in with a product that's either good or maybe maybe it's inferior or something but um to basically have someone come in with confidence and tell me that their product they deserve a spot on our list is almost not insulting my choices to get where we are today but it, it in one way it's it's i'm always a little leery because yeah. it's it, it's like they're basically telling me that what I'm what I've accomplished there isn't right mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. working. Like it's right. we always want it to be working better too, and we make tough choices sometimes too. But it's so a lot of it is just the open, honest conversations about just what works for us and why. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's um yeah we've just there's just a standard and a a place where we we've. Um, hit our stride with uh, not necessarily predicting the future of craft beer by any means, but it's just we can anticipate who's who's going to get momentum. We can mm-hmm. kind of meet new breweries six months before they open and figure out if they're going to be on a trajectory of growth and 
And it's uh, a lot of that time, it's just the prep work of getting to know these people before they actually open, before they launch and hear the conversations and, and start to get to know them um, before they actually have a product. And then mm-hmm. to find out if you're like right or wrong mm-hmm. and just anticipating some of those things. So it's, cool. there's that. Uh, we have about, I have about a hundred employees. There's sometimes a, a little and a lot of negotiating um, when it comes down to who, if someone's getting promoted mm-hmm. or if someone mm-hmm. is, um, happy or unhappy, most people, I think they're pretty happy. Like we created a pretty cool culture. So there's not a lot mm-hmm. of, <clears throat> there's not a lot of disgruntled, you know, situations, uh, not a lot of meetings of people that just, um, are getting treated poorly or anything. It's, it's a pretty positive, mm-hmm. well, within the business, it's super positive place to be well you're you're really good at setting expectations of your staff so having been on your staff i know this that you you're really good at saying look this is how you have to act when you're here running my business and if you don't then we're going to talk about it and then you talk about it really bluntly so i think um there isn't a lot of negotiation in that it's this is this is my business and these are the expectations. Well, and you either want to do that or you don't. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm kind of getting from the, from the episode is that like a lot of the negotiation steps, like the pre steps are just kind of having clear expectations mm-hmm. of what you're going to get out of this. And then like coming at it from an, an honest place, like here's, here's the value that we can give you. And then here's, what I'm seeing that you have to offer us as far as value goes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that kind of goes hand in hand is that, that, that honest blunt feedback along with having an, a good expectation coming in. Yeah. And a lot of it is, you know, being honest, being blunt. I mean, it still too, there's a, I think there's a, there's a way of communicating with people respectfully mm-hmm. and diplomatically that it's not uh it isn't uh oh man how do you put it it's not it, it's technically a hierarchy but it's i it's not punitive I, it, no right great, great mm-hmm. way of putting it it's um it's more of just a setting the tone for the the culture for mm-hmm. the benefit of all mm-hmm. like it's 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 a it is a positive culture mm-hmm. i know it it's um i hear it all the time I, for the for a long time when i was still managing for myself um, as well as, you know, hiring everyone, I would, I would made a point uh, in the conversation to make sure that they knew that there are probably dozens of places where they could go and especially in the servers, bartenders, mm-hmm. there are a lot of places you could go and make more money. I would just tell them that in the interview as we were hiring them, like I right. just be, I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> I could name 10 places where you could go and make more money, but you're going to be out way later because of the nature of the concept. You're going to get home at three in the morning instead of 10 or 11 PM. Yeah. Uh, you can't guarantee that everyone you're going to work for in the industry is going to be equally as respectful as we are to employees because we, we've done it for so long. Like we know back to one of my original, you know, thoughts was just like, I learned a lot of what not to do in yeah. restaurants too. So, you know, to be a boss and to, to own places that we've got choices to, um, 
make people feel welcome, make sure that they know that we work hard to keep the places busy so they can, they can make good money. It's, uh, but I know if you just wanted a pile of cash, <laughs> that there's a, the, but there, that, that place exists. And a lot of people, they go to work to actually make money to pay their bills, you know? So it's, I think it's important that we're upfront with people about it. Cause I don't know if any of my places are like the best paying jobs in the city. I know that they're, they're really, really competitive and, and good. But then if you, you know, put the, put our culture on top of it, of just like, you're going to be working in a positive envir environment with people that, um, believe in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but I used to tell everyone in, in the, in the interview, I'm like, you know, especially when I was out at the 318, anyone who took a serving job there, I'm like, this is a great little place to work. And if you worked at, you know, Maynard's down the street, you would make a lot more money. <laughs> it's just, I know it. I know how busy they are. I know, you know, I've been down there. Even on the, just parking cars. Just, yeah. yeah. Right. But as long as we're clear upfront with people, like you, you'll learn a lot. It'll be super fun. Mm -hmm. You'll be with people that are like-minded that get it. Um, yeah. Even up until, uh, Dan Kelly's has two televisions, but up until really up and two behind the bar, just two. Okay. Up until that moment in the 12 years I've worked for myself, zero televisions yeah. or video games or neon signs or any sort of why the change. That one, it's it's proximity. It's just where it is, basically, and who comes in mm -hmm. and what they're coming in for. Like it's what we anticipated, and what's actually happened is there are just a lot of there are a lot of solo diners, and they're traveling. Uh, there's, we're within a block of four hotels. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people that just want to come in and get a couple beers and just see the game on TV. Sure. It's just if. If we weren't right in the heart of downtown Minneapolis mm -hmm. um, on a little stretch of the block without a lot of activity or action, I think we would have mm -hmm. considered um, going all in. But that's the only that's the only spot. But I think it's it uh, it does say a lot for the confidence we have in food and beverage of just we're especially with the Republic transition of what it was before to what it is today. Mm -hmm. Like to oh, yeah. be to take a 5,000 square foot, 200 seat restaurant and just put tables and chairs in there with no games, no televisions, no nothing. And just cross your fingers and hope that many people come <laughs> and eat there. And like talk it, to each other and, and just, meet new uh, people. And they I do. know. I know. It's, cool. it's, it's been fun to watch. Uh, you know, Dan Kelly's pub made an appearance in one of our previous episodes. Really? Yeah. So you're going to have to figure out which one. So Dan Kelly's was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there, one of our guests had kind of a pivotal moment that happened at Dan Kelly's pub. At Dan Kelly's pub. I was there. I had my first Irish car bomb ever. Wow. At your we, bar. Wait, we serve those? Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> uh -huh. No, I'm just kidding. I know we do. I know you do. <laughs> and we had some of that, some of that, uh, what's that dessert your mom makes? Oh my God. Yeah. coffee cake? No, the one in the pan, the hot, the... It's yeah, a, it's a skillet. It's like a, it's a coffee cake like that skillet. they rewarm up oh. in a skillet with butter. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, we had that. It's so good. So go to Maddie's restaurants and, yeah. and get desserts that his mom makes. Well, and then <laughs> that one. Like the El, best. El Jefe came up in a previous oh, yeah. uh, episode. Yeah. And you were the when crafter you, of that. Yep. We called you a booze wizard in an episode. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You just keep up, man. I'll, I'll keep doing my best. Yeah. Did that make the... That didn't get edited out. That I, I called Maddie a booze wizard? No, that's a... Because you are. A booze wow. wizard. Yeah. I don't know. These ki- kids these days. You gotta... They're up in the game. You gotta uh, uh, take a question from the random question jar Kay. and open it and read it and answer it. And then you, you have to put a question back in. Oh, yeah. okay. At the end. So is that how it works? Off, yeah. off air. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, am I the and, first and person? And we don't know. We don't know what the questions are. You don't. No, with people just put them in, and we don't read them. So mm-hmm. this is a this is a crapshoot right now. Okay, here it goes. Okay. How do you set goals for yourself, and how do you follow through? Oh, that's nice. How do you? That's evolved a little bit since the day I started working for myself and. And today, the when you, it used to be goals. that your goals were getting through your top twenty-five emails. Yeah, keeping <laughs> up. Yeah. When I started working for myself, my my goal was technically to to get where I I am now, or mm-hmm. at least the the last five years. Is my goal when I started working for myself was to do what I did six years ago. But that was, uh, I guess it was because my first daughter was born. Mm-hmm. I just, I wanted to, uh, I don't want to say it to sound snotty or maybe uh, any other any other way, but I basically just, I didn't want to work as much. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, be, I wanted everything to work yeah. with or without me. But behind that is the actual goal was to create something that people wanted to go but have it not be 100% reliant on me being there to have it work. Yeah. That was the yeah. goal. Like, so that was, you know, when my, when Quinn was born, that was, it'll be seven, she'll be seven in August. It was a pretty conscious, just like I, I need, I have one, I could own 20 restaurants in my life, but I have, you know, basically this one chance of being an awesome dad, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just like, I, I don't want to trade that in for anything. Like sure. it's at any I, point when I'm, when she graduates from high school, I have two two daughters, Maves three. Um, maybe I'll go back and do a bunch of restaurants, like one a year every year until I retire or something <laughs> like that. Like when catch you know, up. catch up a little bit. But <laughs> it was you know pretty conscious. But that was back at the three eighteen too when I was I was uh, sort of defined the the difference between just entrepreneurship and employment and just you know ownership and employment mm-hmm. and just like really I, I basically the first couple of years at the 318 I I more or less affordably just bought myself another job yeah instead of really just doing what I really wanted to do and it took a while it took a long time but it's uh so but and, you, but through the, all that work that you put in actually being there and being present you built up the reputation for turning a restaurant around which mm-hmm. led to yeah, it's, it, it has. Yeah, it led to, uh, for directly led to the Aster, yep. which was, that was uh, my business partner there, Jeff, um, had played there at the 318 before I owned it. Yep. And he played there after 
I owned it and pulled me aside and said, if you ever want to do that, this, it's amazing what you've done here. I saw, I, I used to come here before. It's nothing like it. It's beautiful and food's great. And it's just so much busier and viable. And that um, place is so busy. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really an excellent little spot. Um, so that one was directly. And then the rest of it was, yeah, based on reputation of just like we took you know, technically the same tables and chairs and the same facility, which is, that too has just been just a fun, almost like, I, I guess a lot of people just don't know the, what, how we do the deals we do. We they usually find out about the places through the paper, like, oh, we're taking over another restaurant, but we, we don't, it's, I don't know how to put it. Like you said earlier, like we do it with nothing. Like mm -hmm. we, we, it's, we take the facility, we look at the same kitchen, the same kitchen equipment, same bar, same taps, same tables, same chairs and clean it, yep. paint the walls, mm -hmm. take down take, all the stuff, take down the pizza signs <laughs> and then put a new menu in front of people. And like, in, until proven otherwise, it, it's, it, more people come, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, well, and it's affordable it, too. It's like, a, it's super affordable, but it's it's super. I think it's super responsible mm -hmm. and green. Like I think a lot of the lead certified and you know restaurants and you know these sustainable methods and stuff. There, there's nothing more sustainable than what I'm doing. Like we don't buy a single new piece of furniture. Like we don't buy anything right. at all. We take all the bottled beer out of the coolers and only sell tap beer. So because the keg comes we sell it all mm -hmm. it goes back to the brewery there's no we produce no waste mm -hmm. we put linen napkins everywhere instead of paper we we do we like i said we take down all the neon all the televisions that are on all day long and and make it you know busier than it was before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. use less energy buy from more local people and just it, with using the exact same facility that was there before us, like it's, it is the most responsible and sustainable way of doing it. Mm -hmm. It always makes me frustrated a little bit to watch people go in and spend, you know, million to four, five million dollars putting yeah. an office, <laughs> turning an office building into a restaurant Right. when there are 140 for sale right now that are yeah. struggling, like same concept. And you know, I don't want to name names there's some really impressive places some really impressive chefs in town and and if it's really good they could do what they're doing in a in a place that's been a restaurant before in the same facility mm -hmm. and if the food is the same and their staff is the same they'd be just as busy and they didn't have to put another one on top of it like there are that right. many empty or for sale so that's it's just the greenest approach we could take and it keeps our costs down because it's it's a tricky industry too because for so long any well anybody can open a restaurant anybody it's so we it's the it's the strangest thing like it's the it's the only industry i can think of that you can do it without ever doing it before without going to school without having a license without any sort of previous right. knowledge, like they'll let anybody open a restaurant. For 50 years, the accumulated stats just pile up of people, of them failing. And the majority of the ones that fail are the people 
who have never done it before. Right. They look at those stats kind of <laughs> so, like as a baseline. Yeah. It's not at all equal. Yeah. It's, it's so, but if I wanted to be a CPA mm-hmm. or if I wanted to be a brain surgeon or <laughs> a car mechanic or anything at all, I would literally have to go to school. Yeah. But the CPA, the brain surgeon, and the car mechanic could literally open a restaurant tomorrow with no, just X amount of dollars in the bank and, <laughs> and someone at some point would let them do that. All they have to do is want to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sort of skewed the stats mm-hmm. to the point where it's, it's, it's basically almost impossible to get a loan for a restaurant without the exact amount of same, the same number that you're looking for in cash in the bank. So you can, you can get a loan for a restaurant. It's super easy. If you have the exact have same amount of cash in the bank somewhere, oh my God. which would mean that you wouldn't need to get the loan basically. Like well, if you, if if you, you had... wanted to spend a million dollars building it out and not just using the crap that's in there, then, then you would need that. You would right. need to double your money. Right. You'd have to go, you know, get an investor to, or have that, that same amount of money like sitting in the bank to get the loan for that. Super funny. Um, so we did take, it wasn't really our fault, this part, because this is what I've always wanted to do, you know, so it's the, that's the difference. It was just my mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. In college, I knew I was going to do this. It was what it, it was, what I went to school for. It's what I studied when I was in school and what I did after school too. So it's, um, uh, but yeah, it, they, it's some outside forces have made it really tough for people who actually want to do it with focus, right? their dream, it's been harder to achieve because either between the the mix of landlords preferring someone with a bunch of cash versus a bunch of experience and banks giving people loans for a business that they've never done before, the failure rate is (laughs) contributes to the fact that we, we've had to go about it the way we do. That's interesting. I've never thought about it that before. It's crazy. It's, I, I, I still can't think of another job you can have without at least needing some sort of certificate. You could be a dog walker. Yeah, you that's could. Yep. You could. <laughs> but you couldn't like you wouldn't be able to get like a dog walking facility or anything like that. Why so would I guess, you need like, a facility? There's outside. Well I'm just trying to compare it to like having <laughs> having a physical location of a but restaurant. Yeah, you might not yeah. be able to do dog boarding. Yeah. Right. Without a license. You, like, I mean, you probably even, need a license. Some even, accountability of that. This is, I went, I maybe went to school for this or I don't know. You need it's more, you need more credentials to sell a restaurant to someone than you do to like open one. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. You, you probably need a, a, a broker's license. Yeah. Or, like a real estate license. If, if you're like selling something. I've never even thought leasing. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. So, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, so back to the question, which is how this all, this sort of <laughs> tangent started. Mm-hmm. So my goals now are to, um, you know, we're, we're pretty content. We have a bunch of things working. Mm-hmm. We have the, the airport, um, which is all new territory for us is we you know we, we want to lease at the msb airport I heard that. Oh, cool. which is for for the republic concept which specifically gate? it's where concourses a and c 
oh, branch off. So it's the main oh. it's the main terminal, but it's an A and C, and there was a there was a bar, their bar and restaurant with called the, with the bear, Northern Lights yeah. Bar and Grill. That's gonna be you. Oh my god! And gosh. then right next door to that was a Quiznos, mm-hmm. and so they've demoed both of those places you, for us to build out there. Do, do you know that's I spend awesome. a ton of time, and I used to have to go to Northern Lights because that's the gate that I leave. I go to Baltimore a couple times a month, and I spend a lot of time in Northern Lights, and I hated it. I'm so excited that this is going to so be that'll be Republic. Repu- that'll be Republic, yes. probably nice. starting construction in July opening in october something like that if we're lucky um but once again long process new territory from just a business side of of Mm -hmm. just um not necessarily negotiating but just presenting Mm -hmm. to like a a company like the mac Mm -hmm. instead of a random guy from bloomington like i mean it's like the landlord scale is has changed right you know and uh it's It'll it was be a, a new f- challenge. Fun process, yeah, new challenge. And it's um so we have that coming. Um but yeah, and then Rick has two sets of twins. Oh wow. All boys. <laughs> and then I've got two kids, six and three. I mean, the two of us are are we've got our hands full, to yeah. say the least. And we're we're happy and it's good. Things are good. But as far as growth, so a lot of uh my next goals were almost to just concentrate on fine-tuning mm-hmm. what we have mm-hmm. as well as um, to start reaching back out uh, and almost sharing what we're doing in a different mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way just we're we're doing a neighborhood uh, West Bank neighborhood sort of give back like a, we sort of just you know it'll be five years Republic will be five years old in May so wow it's a yeah, but we it's kind of like this whirlwind of, you know, every year's been busier than the one before and yeah. it's just like all of a sudden we're 5 years old and we're like, what? <laughs> how are we Somewhere fine? between like this is awesome and how did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like right in between is like where we usually float and right. it's um so we're we kind of look back and we're just like, well, who how do how is this place so busy? Like where how, where did it where are these people coming from? Like it, it's we got Sergeant Preston's numbers before we took it over and you know, we tripled the sales. I don't so, know. I went to Sergeant Preston's one time. Was and, it ladies' night? And, was it three for one? Uh, uh, no, I never went back until the day before you opened Republic, <laughs> and I came in to take photos of it, and I hadn't been back since I had had a burger one time at Sergeant Preston's. I was like, oh, my God, what did you do here? And you said, we mopped the floor. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a totally different place. Yeah, it was, and spent, oh, and you took down I the only, pizza banner, so there was this beautiful stained glass thing above yep. the bar. I was no only TVs. ever there for a zombie pub crawl. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a that was the hub back in the day. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're like, well, how how is it possible? You it's know, it's huge. A, it's a big place, and we we fill it quite a bit. It's great, and we're lucky and fortunate. So we went back this year, like end of last year. We're just like, this is. I still can't believe. I can't believe how busy it is. It was post winning the airport bid, which is another. Mm-hmm. We're still sort of in shock, like mm-hmm. how it, yeah. how we, cool. it's, it's competitive and we're, we, and we know it's probably not a fluke, but it's still, we're well, not. You're good at, um, I think you're good at, uh, scrapping ideas that don't work. Like remember, remember the five minutes that we tried to book bands at Republic and it was, 
didn't work. It didn't work. So yeah, we, it was the we, killed, we killed it, <laughs> which we thought it would be so great. And that room was so great. It is. It still is. It's still a great room. You know, it is, but not for what we were doing. No. You know, I still get requests from bands. I still get emails to, but I'm like, dude, that hasn't had live music for like five years. <laughs> no. And we booked some really good bands like this. I mean, but when you were doing it and then Patrick Harrison, Patty and the Buttons did, yeah. did a, a, a kind of Americana music series on Thursday nights there where this is two or three years ago, Cactus Blossoms, yeah, him. Um, it was just nuts. This Every Thursday we'd book a band and they would... High 48. Yeah, they'd draw... But the people that were actually back there eating while they when they started playing, they would all leave. They would do the opposite of what you were wanted to right. do. Like it, we would be full it for didn't dinner. Didn't have any music mojo. <laughs> and these like amazing bands would come up and start playing, and then everyone would file out of the wow. room. It was the opposite. Yeah. And it was like so frustrating because it's, it's like the cactus blossoms were like, playing there on a Thursday night, yeah. and you'd just be like, you'd, you'd think people would just flock to the the place but they were no. they, they would do the opposite it was just the strangest thing however you have beer school and the place is packed yeah they do there, a great right? job yeah it's amazing it's it's basically our audience that comes every wednesday night mm-hmm. uh for at least not through the summer but there's a fall semester and a spring semester and it's just a beer education class mm-hmm. put on by um a company called better beer society and they bring basically our target market to the back room every week awesome. for 10 weeks. And it's just like, we couldn't ask for a better like partnership right? That's awesome. of just building the audience. But when we actually look at the, the neighborhood and look around, it's, you know, we've got this, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a large sports stadium being assembled. I, I saw that. The, it's reasonably sized. The Titanic sailed into large, Minneapolis. But... It looks like the Titanic. Yeah. So, but, you know, basically more than half the time that we've been on that corner, which used to be very reliant on the old building that was there. It was one of the big reasons why I think Sergeant Preston's was for sale is because the twins moved a mile away. I mean, it was that there was right. 81 day, days a year. They knew they would be busy. And now Cowboy and, Jacks is busy. Right. That's right there across the street. It sure is. So... <laughs> So we're like, well, if we're, they were so they're reliant on the stadium and hasn't been there, and we're and we're way busier. Mm-hmm. Where are these people coming from? So then we started to really analyze like the neighborhood. Like, did you just ask them? Yeah, I said, what's your zip code? Where are you coming from, kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're in grad school. No, a lot of it's the school, the yeah. U of M, Carlson School, Law School, um, Humphrey School are right there. Yeah, but then it's Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. It's the the range of people is so diverse like it's 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 pretty crazy mm-hmm. like there's just 21 year old kids sitting at a table drinking beer 82 year old couples that's everybody's there. gonna go to palmer's and who's gonna go to cedar <laughs> families and... of six depending on the night of the week depending right. on the show but it's um we're within walking distance of like four theaters and a music and a really good music venue the cedar yeah and it's it's them so we we built this program oh. where at least once a month we're gonna donate sales back to the to the nonprofit arts organizations that have helped us succeed cool so we've done two so far and they just been a hit they and the people we call them up we're like we're going to give you the thursday from open to close 15 percent of our sales for the day That's like, awesome. can you just tell your 
can you tell your fans and send them in? Because we're just going to write you a check the next day. That's awesome. So, and they, they literally have embraced it. You know, the two companies we've reached out to so far are just like, that's why, why? or amazing. <laughs> we yes, we, we do. It. We'll do it. <laughs> we have to do nothing and you write us a check. I'm like, we'll take it. Yeah. So, but it actually just to acknowledge the the power of like good neighbors and like-minded people and, mm-hmm. and just to really kind of sort of give back to the neighborhood was, um, we would, we'd call it like the least we could do. Mm-hmm. because it's why we're busy right like it's there if they don't succeed we don't succeed I, re- I remember the week we opened or here's the week we took over we only were closed for 17 days but the week we took over the some news about the southern theater they had a we thought it was going to close oh yeah, yeah i remember it was that. really like it was close within a month of us opening too like the noodles and company closed on the it was next to chipotle like the three doors down from us too but the Southern was a much more impactful because I'm like, they were, they were part of the reason why we did what we did. Like, they were right. like, well, all right, they have to have a ton of shows. Like, the people have to eat before and they come to bars after. Like, it's that style of place that's going to, it's going to be half our draw are these events and things that, that right. they do. Because the stadium is closed and they only use it eight days a year. Like, how great could it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Vikings games and people bars reliant on sports don't make any sense to me like a 365 day model of accessibility and just better anyone who would consider driving out of their way to go there and pay to park to eat there Mm -hmm. it's it's uh we're always pretty pretty happy that we can be as busy as we are but it's they're already parked their car they're already on the corner like when i heard that the southern was going through some situations um and it was on the verge of shutting down it was it was almost panic like because i'm like well that's like one of the reasons like this is pretty important so now you know they're on our very short list of of places but so far it's been the mixed blood theater and theater mm-hmm. in the round and, mm-hmm. and all they had to do is communicate to their fans that we're supporting them and then they've sent more people in since and that's good for us and then they got a little money to put back into programming or something mm-hmm. which helps them and and we're just going to keep that cycle going so cool. it's been cool awesome. nice job yeah well we uh we should wrap there because we have kept you longer than we promised to i could do another hour i think i'm good <laughs> I well i think i think we might have to just come back yeah like, yeah. well we we'll don't have, have to come back because we live, you live here your, this you is your house here but, but i would you would come back i would have to come back yeah yeah i'm i'd be happy to cool good yeah. Thanks yeah, for joining awesome. us, Maddie. It's my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.